Hello, and welcome to Talman Talks, a KSB podcast focused on highlighting the great things happening in the world of education in Kansas. In each episode of Talman Talks, we'll delve into the triumphs, challenges, and innovative ideas that are shaping the educational landscape across our state. We'll sit down with hosts Mark Tallman and Scott Rothschild and the occasional guest to hear how Kansas education is making a difference, one classroom at a time. Well, hello, this is Mark Tallman with the Kansas Association of School Boards. We have a kind of a special treat in this podcast, a little bit different. I'm talking to Stan Reese, who has just left the school board southwestern heights where he has been a board member for as he pointed out to me over 40 years when his term of office uh, ended he he reminded me that of course board members used to be elected in april and take office uh first of july of course that was changed by the legislature we we heard about uh stan's long career and i had the chance to go out and visit with him a little bit about that and wrote a blog on it, which you can read, but we thought we'd take just a few minutes and maybe let him share a little bit of his experience and also maybe some advice that he could give both new board members that are now coming on uh, for maybe starting their term, as well as January is school board recognition month or appreciation month. We both recognize and appreciate them, and maybe there's some lessons we can learn for that. So Stan, how are you this morning? Doing very fine. Thank you. Well, very good. Well, as we said, I had a great time talking to you. And what what we might do just for a minute is kind of just kind of quickly might remind uh, share share with our listeners as you did with me just a little bit about kind of your journey from a student in your district to planning on a career really as a teacher, and then kind of with some different turns ending up on a school board. So. Maybe just share a little bit of your background and how that maybe prepared you and got you interested in serving on your local board. Sure. I started at school at Kismet Elementary. I went through grades one through eight there. I started in the mid-50s. Then as a freshman, they started talking about consolidating with the town of Plains, Kismet and Plains going together to form a new school district. And, uh, you know, went to the, the effort of doing a bond issue to get things passed to build a new building. And we built that uh, Southwestern Heights High School in between the two towns. It's exactly three and a half miles apart from each town. And that was important for a lot of people uh, that it was you know, exactly shared in, in that type of way. Uh, at my sophomore years, when Southwestern Heights was finally formed, uh, we didn't move into Southwestern Heights building until semester time. So all of the kids from Kismet and Plains had to go to school in Plains which that building now is 101 years old and it was really, really crowded that first semester. So at semester time, we all loaded up on buses and we each carried books or whatever equipment, chairs, everything on those buses and moved into the, the new facility. So the second semester of my sophomore year, we moved to Southwestern Heights. Graduated there in 1968, uh, decided to go to school at KU. My first intention was to be a doctor and uh, changed my mind and thought, well, I'm gonna try to be a teacher. So I majored in physical education and minored in uh, biology. I graduated there in 1972. And when my professors, my advisors asked me, said, well, where are you going to try to apply for a job? I said, I'm going to apply at my hometown. They said, oh, no, don't, don't ever do that. That just never, never works. I said, why not? I said, well, they're going to remember all of the bad things you did. I said, well, I either got by with them or I wasn't that bad of a kid, but that's where I wanted to apply. So 
opportunity did come about that that spring. Uh, the individual that had the job I wanted was uh, moving on to another district, so I applied for the job and uh, end up getting that job. Spent three years teaching physical education in Kismet and Plains, morning in Plains and afternoon in Kismet, grades one through six. Helped assist with uh, football, basketball, and was head golf coach. Total pay that first year for me was $6,500, not per month for the whole year. $5,700 to teach. I got $250 to assist coach football, $250 to assist coach basketball, and $300 to be head golf coach. I did that for three years, and I, I knew my dad was needing help on the farm and my mother. And so I, I retired at the end of my third year of teaching. I hated to leave it, but I knew that they needed help with the farm. And uh, age and health was a concern for my dad. So 1975, I was last year I taught at Southwestern Heights and uh, went on to start you know, my career in farming. Also in 1983, when I got on the board, we bought the local John Deere dealership there in Plains. And we ran it for like 26 years. So we kind of did everything kind of during that time period. And it, it was a tough time for the 80s, you know, financially for, for a lot of farmers and, and people in general with high interest rates and, and things like that. So there's a lot of struggles with, uh, you know, taxpayers and struggles with, you know, people making enough money to, to live on. So, uh, and so in the middle of, of those, you were making a lot of transition in your own life. There were some difficult times in the ag sector with you were in. Why did you decide you wanted to be on the school board? Uh, the gentleman that I had a lot of respect for was, was a neighbor four or five miles from us, and he was at the, in the at-large position, and, uh, and everybody really respected him. And he called me one day and said, I'm going to get off the board. Would you be willing to take my place? And I said, well, I, I don't know, Marcus, or not Mark, excuse me, uh, Tom. And uh, he said, well, I really would like you to take my place. He said, you know, you, you think things through. I, I've watched you grow up. I, I know how you are. I'd really appreciate it if you'd run. And I said, well, my concern is, I went to school there, you know, in this district for 12 years. I also taught there for three years. I'm a little concerned about a lot of those teachers are still there. And, you know, I don't want to have any resentment with them. And he said, you'll, you'll be fine. Just always represent the district and, and be calm in your manner and, and you'll be fine. So I did decide to run that year and then won that first election. And, and the rest is history. Um, uh, I guess, uh, and as I, I said in my article, I thought it's interesting that, Part of the question some people might have is, you know, why why would you why would you want to do that for forty years? And then how did you manage not making people mad enough at some point that they kept reelecting you uh, all those times? And you know, my sense in our conversation is you you've got a personality which works well with people, but maybe you'd like to share a little bit about some of the things we talked about, just sort of your perspective on how how you've approached things as a board member, as a board president, which you've been much of this time, uh, kind of advice you'd give for others on the board and just a little bit about the ways you try to go about making decisions as both a leader and a board member. I think the main thing is always remain calm. Let that individual that has a, a concern come to you and feel open and, and honest about it and, and always listen first. Be really slow to comment. Uh, you know, A lot of times I'll say, give me a day or two to think about it and I'll get back with you. And I've always made that promise come true. I've always got back with people when they had a concern. And I think just listening to people, um, I was elected president in 1986 and remained there the 37 years as president. The one thing that it did take away from me, I had to be really careful about voicing my opinion, trying to sway the vote. So 
really the honor of, of all these 40 years goes to the other six board members through those years. They really, you know, carried the, the baton for our school board and really appreciate the effort that we've had through the years with them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues that come up uh, that are pretty hot topics. We actually joined the two junior highs together during that time period I was on the board, and that was that was difficult. So my real respect is for that beginning board that the town of Kismet and Plains come together so quickly and, and formed that new bond between two towns. We weren't really rival towns, but we didn't know much about each each community that well. And uh, I think that original board is what I tried to carry through some of their wishes and, and, and concerns. Uh, one thing that was really important to them, the only time I voted no, and I was a single person that voted no on, on a board issue, was they asked us to, to not wear hats in our school. The original board did. And I thought that was important to carry that tradition on. And so we had a motion come on the board that we'd allow kids to wear hats at activities inside the gym, but not in the classroom. And uh, I waited for everybody recorded their vote. And uh, I said, well, I'm going to say no, because it, more because of the original board that was important to them. So that's the only time I voted no, I think, on an issue. It doesn't sound like you lost uh, very often, whether, whether or not you had a, a direct <laughs> voice in the conversation or not. You know, Stan, something that when we uh, talked and I, and I wrote the article, which people can read, several things about your story stuck with me. You know, I, I use the term, of course, we all remember a USD stands for unified school district, but a lot of times districts may not be very unified. Sometimes, sometimes those two towns that came together still don't like each other very much, or, you know, you have those battles over closing. And then the other thing, you know, you talked about is, you had been a teacher, then you came on the board. And in some districts, there's there's kind of divisions between the board and the teachers or the board and the staff. And then finally, how you balance what the community wants. And it really seemed to me, and I thought it was interesting, you told me you were elected to the at-large spot, which was the one board member elected for the whole district, that you've kind of been a unifier throughout your career. At least it seems like you, you've tried to do that. And, and I just, I thought, that, that struck me when we talked very beginning, going about back to unification and how that need to kind of work together and try to stay unified is something that we're still struggling with in many districts. Yes, we've been very fortunate there. We've had really good board members. We've had a good community support. Uh, everybody you know, has asked me through the years, always I see the vote in the minutes. It's always 7-0, for 99% of the time. I said, you need to be there the hour before that vote's taken to see the discussion. So it's some hard, hard discussions, you know, in an open meeting. And uh, I've always tried to let every person on that board speak, you know, their opinion and then try to mold that together to where you can take the, the most negative against something, the most positive, and try to get those two people to come together to make sure that, you know, that they're both happy at some point, not completely unhappy, but something they can survive with. So that, to me, was my job as president is to try to unify the board as much as possible that the phrase you used with me was try to let everybody win at least something or win a, yes, at least a little correct. bit is part of that. So, you know, the other thing you mentioned to me, and I think this again is, is maybe important as we have new, new board members coming on and such, you talked about the importance of boards educating themselves and getting training and, you know, maybe talk a little bit about your experience with that and, and, and why you think that's important. It, it gives you a different perspective. So many board members, do not understand, you know, the responsibility and, and liability of being a board member. And, uh, you know, the open meetings law covers a lot of issues that, that especially new board members really need to be aware of uh, because it can get 
a board in trouble really quick because when you're on the board, they assume anything one person says is how the board feels, and, and that's not true. A board member is just a patron of the district until I call the meeting to order. That's the only time a board member has any power in, in school district. And uh, that's that's hard for some people to understand. But, uh, you know, we're, we're parents or grandparents of kids in school, and we want what's best for those kids. And, you know, if the board gets along, it, it just it really makes the school a better place. The, the, the employees are happy. The patrons are happy. And I've always told our board, I said, our, our community really trusts us. And once you violate that trust, it'll take years, if not decades, if you ever get that trust back. So we really have to be cautious in how we spend the dollars that it's not a cost of this district. It always needs to be looked at as an investment in this district. Yeah, and I think you've said that well. And certainly, of course, KASB will be very active this month and in the future of trying to trying to help new board members uh, and, and ongoing board members understand those legal issues and, and kind of talk about how you can work more effectively together uh, to to get the job done, to represent your community, to represent those different interests you have. Um, and, and so I, I think you summed that up uh, very well. You know, Stan, another thing you said that uh, I thought was interesting was kind of your perspective, both as a teacher and even when you were studying to be a teacher, you talked about your your job as a custodian when you were a student at KU and and then uh, some of your experience student teaching in Topeka. And uh, I thought it was thought it was interesting how you kind of talked about how those those experience also added to your perspective that, you know, not everyone has had and may not see, but that I my sense is it made you a lot more empathetic for. Well, for everyone. Um, you, I don't know if you want to share anything about that or not, but I, I found that very striking in our conversation. Absolutely. I did my student teaching in, in grade school was really a, a low income type of uh, a school. There was one student I remember. She was a girl and she was a sixth grader and uh, she was always late getting to school for two or three weeks there. And finally, the principal asked her, said, how come you're late and, and you're like as a brother and another sister or two? She says, well, my parents are in jail. And for three weeks, she took care of that family. And if, and if our principal hadn't checked into it, I don't know how long that would have been until one or both parents would have been out of, out of jail. But just a tough, tough neighborhood, you know, low income type uh, students coming to school. And, and, you know, you can see sometimes that their clothes hadn't been washed for a long time. But, but what a loving type atmosphere that those kids had for those teachers. I mean, just something that that, that was their home you know, away from home and brought a lot of stability to a lot of students. And the high school was kind of this type of situation. It's a pretty tough, tough neighborhood. Uh, you know, I, I taught PE there at uh, Topeka at Highland Park and, uh, you know, had had some really good kids there, good teachers that really took a lot of structure and, and discipline to, to make that school work. So very appreciative of that training. And I think, again, you, my sense uh, in, in talking with you is, you know, those are values you really want to you really wanted to bring to your own district when you went back home. You know, you've talked about some of the changes you've had and, you know, your students are different now. You know, many more Hispanic kids, yes. differences in family structure, differences in work environment that is a real challenge that education has to face. But, you know, talking to people like you and others I've been visiting around the state as I've been traveling, you know, you really hear that of, of school leaders trying to say, you know, we've got kids facing a lot of challenges. And as a school, we have to find a way to to understand where they are and, and how we can help them succeed. And so, again, I think I think it's a real credit to your 
your service out there and representing what school board service is all about. Yes, it is. It uh, <clears throat> One part of the season that really bothers me with school kids is after Christmas. So many kids come to school right after Christmas break with new clothes or new shoes. There's some kids that can't do that. And, uh, you know, I, I always felt that, you know, somehow we need to, to share that asset somehow. Uh, I've always kind of wanted school uniforms because of that. Uh, high school kids would not like that. I think the only way we could ever start that is probably with kindergarten and work our way up, you know, through 10 or 12 years of that. But it levels the field because uh, there's a big economic advantage and disadvantage in our area and other areas in this part of the state and, and across the state of Kansas that you know, I, I never want a child feel embarrassed coming to school or or resentful of kids that may have better clothes or drive a better car or something like that. It, it, it's hard to keep the field level. Yeah, it absolutely is. Well, listen, as we kind of wrap up, uh, certainly I, I want to thank you uh, on, on behalf of KASB and, and, and everyone, I think, for your years of service. Certainly, I'm sure you've gotten that thanks for your community. But my, I, I just you may want to share as you go, you're not completely done. This is kind of a family business, right? Uh, you're, yes. you're still going to have people in your family connected to the school. You may want to just tell, tell, tell people about that as we wrap up. Sure. My <clears throat> oldest son ran in my position, that large position, and, and he won. He was unimposed. Uh, and we kept one board member. He won the election come back on. So that, that helps give some stability. But another thing that uh, <clears throat> our family is looking at is my youngest son is wanting to start a farm foundation and that'll be used to raise money for scholarships for our kids. Uh, we think that's an important asset that, you know, we can share with, with other people in the community and maybe help kids get through school a little easier. It sounds like a wonderful idea. And it certainly sounds like uh, your family continues to be very committed uh, to, to the school uh, as part of the community and in the interest of those students. So Stan Reese, just thank you very much. Uh, thank you for your years of service. And thank you for sharing with us a little bit of, of how you were able to be that successful and last that long. And good luck in your future endeavors and good luck to your son on the school board. Thank you. And he'll need it. <laughs> Thanks also, everyone, for listening. Uh, we appreciate it. And if you want to read a little more detail about this, you can go to our KSB uh, uh, KSB News section on our website under my Tallman Talk reports uh, in December. We post the story of my visit to state. Thank you.